You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Again, I just want to thank Pastor, Pastor Jet for the opportunity to intern here uh, at Eastside uh, this summer. It's been awesome getting to know you all and being able to serve alongside uh, you guys at the church. To be honest, when uh, Pastor Jet called me and sent me a text in the beginning of this January about uh, thinking about coming to Eastside, coming to South Dakota to internship, these were my, my exact thoughts when he, when he texted me that first text. You know, oh, that's a pretty good, pretty good opportunity, but probably not. <laughs> I, I, you know, when he, when he mentioned South Dakota, I, I didn't even know where South Dakota was located on the map, even growing up in America. So I had to, I had to Google map it so from where I was, from Oklahoma and from where it was in California. And then I knew where South Dakota was. But um, I, I, I thought that because I was planning on interning back at my home church and serving back at my home church. Um, but however, after praying after it and praying about it and talking to my home pastor about it, God made it really clear that Eastside Baptist Church was where uh, he wanted me for this summer. Amen. Uh, and even though I was like a little apprehensive of, about coming uh, to a different church to South Dakota for the summer, uh, because it was, it's during the summertime where I get to spend time with my family and spend time with my home church, um, I've, gotten, uh, I've grown a love for the church here and for the people here at Eastside Baptist Church. Um, I came into this internship uh, with the goal to do the best um, that I can to help pastor, uh, invest in people, invest in the teens, and use my talents for the Lord and to serve the people. But you know, while, while writing this uh, little testimony, I realized that the church, um, the pastor, um, the people here uh, have invested in me and blessed me more than what I, what I could ever do uh, to you guys this summer. And for that, I'm very thankful. I want to thank the Mowers. Uh, for making me and Abishua feel like family uh, ever since day one, and for opening up their house for Abishua and I to stay in. Uh, I've enjoyed spending time with the family, uh, hanging out with the boys, having dinner together. And I'm thankful for a family um, who invests in college interns uh, like us. And I know it's not easy to house two college guys uh, for an entire three months, and I know and it's, it's a sacrifice that they have to make, but I... Um, I'm thankful for people that like that who invest in college interns like us. Not to get anything out of it, but but to invest invest in uh, invest in us. And I, I've had fun hanging out with the with with the Mauer boys, with Josiah, Danny, and Joseph, going out to get slushies. And uh, this summer, Josiah actually taught me how to ollie on a skateboard, which I'm very thankful for. So that that took like took took one night to do, and I'm very thankful for that. That was very fun. Uh, also, thank you for those who were, uh, took time out of their schedules to host me and Abishu at their houses for dinners, and uh, we were very appreciative of that. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you guys all, spending time with your guys' families, and eating with you all. You know, the meals that we had of the church members' houses, they were all very amazing. Um, I'm thankful for this internship because I've been able to experience and a lot of, uh, experience a lot of new things uh, this summer that I've never actually gotten to do before, and some of you are curious what we interns do this summer, and I'm about to list some of these things that I've learned and some of the things that I did. Uh, some of these things that 
I've learned and did, honestly, are pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Some of them. And, you know, it's not because I've never wanted to do it. It's just I never had the opportunity to do it growing up. I was able to help, in, uh, help and be involved in the youth rally, uh, being involved in VBS. Uh, I wasn't involved in VBS or the youth rally as I was before until this summer. Being as involved in the youth as I was this summer, being uh, as involved with uh, just the church media, church graphics as I was uh, this summer here. Um, Bill Rice Ranch, first time going to Bill Rice Ranch. First time being on the road for more than 10 hours. Um, Preachers fellowships and conference that we got to go with the church staff, I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, Preaching this many times in three months, I've never done that uh, in my entire life, so I got to do that. Uh, This one's pretty embarrassing, I think, using a weed eater. I've never used a weed eater before. (laughs) This is the first... the first year that I've, that I've ever been u- used, that I've used a uh, weed eater, um, using a leaf blower. Yeah. I've never used a leaf blower until this summer. It's pretty weird, but I've never used a leaf blower. Um, using, I got to drive a ranger. I got to drive uh, Brother Mark's ranger, uh, helping to build a spinning wheel. I've never done that before. It's more, I, more like watching Brother Mark build a spinning <laughs> wheel, but we were tasked to do the spinning wheel for VBS, and... Uh, Got to do that for the first time. Uh, go to Hoo Hot. Got to Hoo Hot for the first time. That was very, very, very interesting experience our first time me and Abisho went. We didn't know it was all you can eat. So uh, we were very apprehensive of going the second time. So we didn't, we didn't know that we could go as many times as we want. So we filled up the first time and got as much as we could at the first time. And Abisho went on the second time even though he knew he could possibly be charged double the price, and he still went the second time. <laughs> going to Who Hot, Pizza Ranch for the first time. Never been to Pizza Ranch, and thank you to Brother Jim going to Brazilian Steakhouse for the first time. And he, he and his wife blessed me in Abishua, and we, went, we got to go to Carnival for the first time, like uh, Pastor mentioned this morning. Yeah. Aside from all the things that I got to do and experience, the most important part uh, that I valued the most about my internship was being able to serve under Pastor Jet and trying my best to help him and Brother Samuel uh, to the best of my ability and becoming friends and building relationships with here, uh, with the church members here at the church and uh, especially the teens, and that really was very special to me. Amen. Uh, I've had an awesome time at Eastside this summer, and uh, it'll be something definitely that I would remember, you know, for, my re- for the rest of my life and the rest of the time I'm uh, in ministry. And again, thank you again for the opportunity for me to intern, for me and Abisho to intern uh, here this summer, and hope to come visit you guys soon during my breaks. So, message time. Philippians 2.25, uh, Philippians 2, we'll start in Philippians 2, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. This is just something that during my time here, I've observed uh, the church members here, and something that's really encouraged me, that I've uh, seen the church members do here while serving here, and uh, something that God spoke to me just this past week, and I hope that it would be an encouragement to you and a challenge to you, Philippians 2. We'll start in verse 1, and then uh, we'll jump around. Philippians 2, is everyone there? Amen. Philippians 2, we'll start in verse 1. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies... Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 
Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then let's jump down to verse 25, and this is going to be the main, uh, the main passage of uh, the preaching today. Verse 25, Yet I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphrodites, my brother, and a companion in labor, a fellow soldier, but your messenger, and that he ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because the work of the Lord, because the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. Lord, I want to thank you for today, and I pray that you just bless the reading of your word and bless bless the preaching of your word, and use me as uh, bring forth the word. And I pray that just help me not to be in the way, help me not to be in instruction of what uh, you want to hear, want your people to hear tonight. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul emphasizes the need for unity in the church. And and, uh, Philippians 2 is all about having unity uh, in the church and having the mind of Christ. And if we have the mind of Christ and uh, we put others before ourselves, we will have the mind of Christ. This This chapter emphasizes the need collectively, both collectively and individually, to put the needs of others before yourselves. And we can see that in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, it's what God wants us to do, and it's uh, what God says he'll help us to do, because I know that I do not easily put others before myself. And it's something that we need God to help us do. And uh, Epaphrodites is not really a common character that we all know of and all hear of, but uh, Epaphrodites only shows up twice in the books of Philippians, once here in our, uh, in our passage here in chapter 2 and also verse 18 of chapter 4. He's someone that shows up on the scene and then, show, and then gets off the scene. So having the mind of Christ, Christ we see in this passage is the ultimate example of this. Uh, Paul does, Timothy does, and Paul even told the church, you know, Timothy, Timothy thinks of you. And you might think, you know, that's what preachers are supposed to do. That's what pastors are supposed to do. Pastors are supposed to think of others. Pastors uh, and people in leadership should think about others. Um, And that is true. You're 100% correct. Pastors ought to think about others. Pastors pastors ought to care about others and care for the church. But for the health of the church, this can't be limited to just church leadership. It 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 has to be every single member of the church. The best we could tell, Epaphrodites was not a leader in the church. He wasn't uh, the church at Philippi. He wasn't a deacon. He wasn't a staff member. Um, he wasn't the pastor. Um, Epaphrodites was, was just a faithful, faithful member at the church of Philippi. And Epaphrodites, as we see in this passage, was a man who put the needs of others ahead of himself. And we see here he was, he was assigned by the church of Philippi. Uh, to take a love offering to Paul while he was in, uh, during his time in prison. And this is just a letter from Paul to the church of uh, Philippi uh, while he's, writing, while he's uh, serving his time in prison. And what is happening right now is Paul is sending 
Epaphrodites back to the church of Philippi. Uh, and, you know, Epaphrodites was willing to leave uh, the security of his home to possibly face some dangers uh, to serve Christ in this way, to give Paul this love offering. You know, the jail that Paul was in, it was not like a state or federal prison that we have uh, today where all the prisoners' were, needs were taken care of. Um, they were not well-kept facilities. Uh, there were no meals provided, no workout room, no gym. And it was, it was uh, up to the person's family uh, to, or friends to come to provide food, to provide clothes, to provide help if, if they needed it. And this is exactly what Epaphrodites um, was doing on behalf of Paul. And we're here in verse 25, and Paul is uh, sending Epaphrodites back uh, because the church found out that he got extremely sick. And uh, it is mentioned three times in our passage that Epaphrodites was sick sick unto death. Verse 26, we see that, verse 27, and and then lastly in verse 30. Uh, And it mentions twice that he nearly died. You know, we don't know how he got sick, but maybe he got sick while while traveling to Rome. Maybe he got sick as he arrived. Um. But we, we know that he got sick, and now we know that he, he nearly died putting Paul first. So Paul is saying, I'm sending you back so that you can show them you're okay. Uh, because Epaphrodites, as we see, um, he was concerned that the church was concerned. Um, have you ever made, made a visit to the hospital or, or um, made it a point to visit someone that was sick, and you try to be the best minister that you can to them to try to ask them how they're doing, but... All you could get out of the meeting is, is, is they're trying to ask how you're doing, and they're, they're telling you and asking how you're doing. Yeah. You know, Epaphrodites was like this, and that's who, that's who he was. Uh, even though he was going through all this sickness and this suffering, he was putting other people first uh, and was concerned about them. Yeah. Yeah. And notice in uh, verse 25, uh, the, the words that Paul uses to describe him, uses to describe him, he uses brother. Even though Paul was apostle, he didn't think of Epaphrodites any lower than him. He, he, he considered him a brother, um, a, a companion in labor. Uh, this simply means a fellow worker, a worker in the ministry. So we see first he calls him a brother. He calls him a companion in labor. And, and notice how, how kind of it, it intensifies here. We have a brother, companion in labor, and then we have a fellow soldier. Um, it's the idea of someone fighting alongside of you in battle. Uh, he's not only a brother, fellow laborer, but someone, Paul says, who was with me in conflict. Someone who was with me in war. Epaphrodites, Epaphrodites wasn't someone who backed down uh, when things got tough. He's someone who fought through it, even when things got tough. Yes, yes, yes. And we also see in verse 26 that he was a caring individual. Uh, in verse 26 it says that he longed after the church and was full of heaviness. Um, it's the fra- same phrase that used in Matthew 26 when uh, Jesus and how he felt uh, heavy concerning his prayer. And despite, you know, Epaphrodite's sickness, he cared and longed for the people at the church to the point where his heart was full of heaviness. And then notice uh, God's mercy that uh, he had on Epaphrodite's. Uh, in verse 27, it says that Paul was sick unto the death. Uh, in, in, in verse 27, it says that uh, he was sick to the point of death, but God spared his life. And Paul is saying not only was God merciful to uh, Epaphrodites for sparing his life, but he was also uh, merciful to me because I would have to have I would have sorrows upon sorrows uh, if he died while trying to serve me. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says, "Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness." Paul says in verse twenty nine, and hold such in reputation. 
You see here that Paul commends Epaphrodites and say, uh, tells the church, Epaphrodites, this is someone, this is someone who's respectable, someone who is honorable, someone, someone with a good res- reputation, someone that you can look up to, someone that is precious, uh, someone who puts others first in the ministry. Yes. And then in verse 30, uh, the Bible says that, that Epaphrodites was nigh unto the death because of the work of Christ, not regarding his life. And, and the phrase not regarding his life uh, means he had no concern of his life. He risked his life. Uh, he's, he exposed his life to danger. And Epaphrodites did not serve Christ in a self-protected mode. I believe that he knew that going to Rome could be, would be dangerous, uh, but he knew that uh, it was God's will and did not go into a self-protected mode. Amen. Epaphrodites stayed faithful even to the point of death because he realized that the work of Christ was far more greater than his own life. And we need to be willing and open to following God's will, even if it means uh, we have to take some risks or to get out of our comfort zone. Yes. I look what Pastor Gaddis said once. He said, you'll not be involved in the Lord's work if you, cons- constantly, if you are constantly regarding your own life. We tend to protect our lives right out of God's will. So church, I ask you tonight, what are you exchanging for God's will in your life? What is holding you back from doing God's will? I encourage you tonight to not hold back your life uh, from Jesus Christ. You know, while serving uh, here at Eastside this summer and observing everything uh, that went on while serving with people here, I was encouraged by seeing uh, the church members and a lot of you guys putting God first by sacrificing your time and labor to help to help out during VBS and all that went through VBS, especially VBS Sunday, the youth rally. Uh, the, la- the ladies that uh, sacrifice their time and energy uh, that make breakfast for the men's prayer meeting. Those who come in the week, during the week, to clean and to make the churches well prepared for the services. Uh, and even hearing the testimonies uh, of people, not only in church, but in men's prayer meeting of uh, those that are at work and are constantly inviting uh, their co-workers to church and being a constant witness at their workplace. And I, something that I realized and I was reminded of that, you know, everyone is not called to full-time ministry, but everyone is called to do the work of Christ. And I'm thankful for all the men and women who have risked their lives to go to the foreign, missionary, uh, foreign mission field where the gospel uh, has not gone. And I'm thankful for the men uh, who have surrendered their lives to the call to preach, who perhaps chose to leave a comfortable life to serve others. But, but God may not have called you to risk uh, your life like he did Epaphrodites. God, God may have not called you to serve in full-time ministry. And uh, so how, how, how does this apply to you? And I just want to get really practical tonight. And, you know, often when we hear God's will, the word God's will, I before thought it was, it was something big, you know, a massive decision that you have to make that will change your entire life, um, a decision that you make and you see the end goal and this is, this is God's big master plan for your life. Um, But fulfilling God's will um, doesn't need to happen in big steps, in the big picture. It it happens in the small steps. And how this can apply to us, how this can apply to people, you know, that, you know, God hasn't called us to full-time ministry or has called you to risk your lives, you know. God commends those who live for others, as we saw in this text. Those who live for others 
rather than themselves. And we can honor God by helping others. And I got to confess, this summer I found myself busy and caught up with tasks uh, that I needed to complete during the day, making sure the church is clean, ready to go, uh, graphics are good and up to date, uh, weeds are pool, uh, pulled, uh, completing our different jobs, etc. that I forgot the main goal and focus, and that was seeing soul saves and serving people. Yes. And just like Brother Jacob preached this past uh, Wednesday, if uh, you remember that, uh, we, we for, often forget the main focus, and the main focus is people. Yes. And, you know, I, I got too busy and put my focus on completing tasks and, and took it off of people. And ministry is all about serving people and, and honoring God. And Epaphrodite set his own desires aside to serve others and remember that God honors those who help others. One of our daily tasks as interns uh, is to go out door knocking and for two hours on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And I feel like I'm confessing all these things at the pulpit here to pastor, but <laughs> towards the end of the summer, we did not do the best job we could um, at going out door knocking and uh, I put tasks that we needed to complete at the church over going door knocking and you could say I, 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 put, I put completing tasks over the needs of people over the needs of others we can honor help uh, we can honor people we can honor God by helping others you know even when we're busy who here is busy I don't think I know anyone that is not busy um an opportunity arises uh, for you to help someone, but then you think, you know, if I help someone, I'll be this much behind in what I was doing. Can you put the needs of others before yourself? Yeah. God honors those who uh, God honors uh, God honors those who help others, even when there are dishes to be that are still out and need to be washed. And everyone went down uh, to the couch to watch TV. Um, and even as guys, we don't like washing the dishes, but can you put the needs of others before yourselves? Yes. God honors those who try to help others, even when you have multiple meetings and all kinds of demands to meet, and you need to meet with that one person who you rather not meet with. Um, but you have to put the needs of others before yourselves. How about when you ask someone how their day was, and then they begin to tell you how their day was, and they go on and on and on, about how their day was, and you just meant it to say hi. Yeah. Right. And ra- rather than seeing someone down the hall and, 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 and avoiding them and going down, going down the other hall, even though it takes a longer way, you know, giving them your, your time of the day to talk. Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself? How about when you have to deal with someone difficult? Have you ever had to deal with someone difficult? I know I have, I know. Can you put the needs of others of help, uh, needs of others ahead of yourself, even when they're difficult? I enjoy cutting a lot of hair um, at Heartland, and uh, one event that was very memorable to me it was a Thursday and Friday before, during finals week, during Christmas uh, and Christmas banquet also on Friday. And there are so many guys that want a haircut before the Christmas banquet so that they could get a fresh cut before for the banquet. And I usually have an appointment process that I have for cutting hair, and I only, usually don't, only do no more than two a day. But that week, a lot of guys were begging for a haircut. And, you know, I honestly started to get annoyed that people, you know, were asking me the day of to get a haircut and weren't, weren't really considerate of my time. Um, 
but I ended up doing 16 haircuts in the span of two days, cutting hair in the morning, cutting hair in the night, cutting hair in between classes just to get it done so that people could get it done uh, before banquet. And cutting hair is not exactly the Lord's work as you may seem uh, think, but I consider it as an opportunity to serve people. And it's a time where I get to talk to guys and they get to tell me about how they are and I get to invest in uh, some of the guys there. But can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself even when it's inconvenient? Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourselves even when someone doesn't show up to work and you have to cover for them because they're sick and you know that they're the least bit sick? And you saw them last night and they were fine. Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself? Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself when nobody seems to notice that you serve others? You don't get that good job. You don't get that pat on the back. You don't get that well done. When you fill in for that extra, extra nursery uh, shift or clean, extra cleaning position, God knows when you put the needs of others ahead of yourself, and God sees that. And lastly, can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself even when you've been praying for that someone to get saved or someone to get right with the Lord or that child who needs to get right with the Lord? Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourselves and to get, just keep praying for the individual? Epaphrodites remained faithful even to the point of death because he realized that the work of Christ was far greater than his own. And we need some Christians today. We need some church members today. We need some youth. And we need some parents today uh, that will put the needs of others ahead of your own. And realize that the work of Christ is more important than our own. You know, God may not be calling you to risk your life, but he is calling you to serve others and to put others first. And I'm not, I'm not preaching this because I think the church needs improvement on this. I'm preaching this because I've seen it in the church and it's been an encouragement to me. Amen. You know, we can be so selfish. I can be so selfish, so self-centered, so focused on ourselves, you know, that we need to say, God, you know, I've had, I've had my mind on myself. And God, forgive me for having my mind on myself. Can you put the needs of others ahead of yourself? We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.